When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is July 12th, and this is the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. Welcome to the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Marinovsky. Hope you guys are having a great day, a great week. And it is a very, very, very busy week at that. There's a lot going on in the world of the Bruins. You got development camp. You had the Jim Montgomery introductory press conference. You had the Jacobs speaking, Cam Neely and Don Sweeney speaking. And then Wednesday, you got free agency, which is the majority of this episode. A preview for the Bruins of free agency. What will they do? What can they do? This is not like last year when they had, you know, tons of cap space. It was, I think, around like 20 million in cap space last year. This year it is down to 2.3 million in current cap space. So uh, Connor and I got into what that all means, what they will end up doing. Um, And that was the majority of today's show and what the big, uh, you know, some big fish, I guess, that they could go after. Uh, some under the radar fish they could also go after. So very fun episode, very interesting episode. It's always fun when there's a lot to talk about in the summer, because uh, as you guys all know, when the dog days of August hit, it hits, it's like, ah, season's coming up. Yeah, season's going to be real fun. Anyways, without further ado, here's my conversation with Connor Ryan. <laughs> And we're here with Connor Ryan. Connor, what is up? Evan, doing well. How you doing? Doing great. Doing great. We were we were together all day on Monday, uh, as all the Bruins beat members were. Uh, it was uh, quite the day in Boston. You had development camp in the morning, and everybody raced across to the other side of the city for the Jim Montgomery opening press conference at 2.30. And it was just an eventful day. There was so much to discuss. It was like the amazing race, like the show, like they very well could have just said, like, go. And all of us were just running out in Brighton, trying to desperately get to the other side of town. <laughs> Thank we all made it. No, there's no stragglers. No one ran in with a huff drenched in sweat or anything like that. So I was close. We, we, I was we all close made it. <laughs> we, were, we were all accounted for at the end of the day. That's the most important thing. But a very eventful, busy first day of, well, the, the offseason week from hell, I think, because everything's falling in on this one week. So plenty to talk about, I think, this week, which is a good thing. I like how this week is development camp. That's like the main thing. That's why everybody's there. And I think development camp will be third on the list of things that we talk about. Uh, I, I would say so. 
throughout the week. Uh, again, no Fabian Lysel, Mason Lowry uh, isn't skating. So the two prospects that you fans care most about aren't even skating on the ice. So uh, rank you send it to the bottom of the list. Uh, top of the list, so at least on Monday, and we're talking about this on Tuesday, we're going to do Montgomery. We'll do free agency. Uh, Montgomery's interest, interesting <laughs> introductory press conference was on Monday. And, you know, obviously there was the congratulations and the thanks and Stanley was there and it was, you know, big event at legends uh, in the garden. Um, but my biggest takeaway from this was actually not even anything that Jim Montgomery said, although there were some important things uh, and you can go watch the full video on Bruins Rankside YouTube channel. But to me, it was the fact that the Jacobs were asked, would you consider a rebuild? And the real answer was, no, they really won't. <laughs> they are not going to be interested in a rebuild anytime soon. And I'll give them credit. They're upfront about it. Like I, they weren't like, they weren't beating around the bush. Uh, you know, uh, they even said, you know, I don't think this fan base would take well to it. Um, and it's an interesting thing to think about, you know, cause like as much as fan, I think fans sometimes want different things. They just want to change stuff. Um, and you think about it and I, I don't think, you know, it would ever get to a point around here where they would have like a Chicago rebuild where you just trade every piece of uh, every hockey player you have and for draft picks. But I did find it interesting that they really did kind of put their foot down on a rebuild. Yeah, no, I think it's one of those things where uh, I, I think you kind of said it where some Bruins fans can look to the future and with some of the entertain with like the Connor Bedad talk and like the, the potential building towards a future like that and accepting a few lean years. Well, of course you can look at like a five-year plan. If you, you suck for one year or two years and all of a sudden you have a guy like the dad or you have, you hit on a few other guys, then of course it's all worth it, but there's no guarantee that comes with it. Right. You look at, as you said, like Chicago, again, will the, will the Bruins hit a low like that? I don't know, but it all depends on where you're, you know, the draft pick falls, who you end up taking, like you, maybe you win the first over pick one year and you get a Yakupov. Maybe it's the one year guys overachieve and it's, you miss out on a guy like Badad. It's all those sort of different circumstances. There's no one set way. It's not like, let's say it's the NBA where it's like the Celtics follow the same uh, script as many other teams of just like, we're going to suck because you know what, if you get a top three pick in the NBA, most likely you're going to get a very good building block. It's not yes. as much variance as like hockey or baseball or anything like that um, in terms of like landing a legit uh, top prospect from like a top three selection. So because those kids um, go right to the NBA. Yeah. The and it's, they're it's, ready. It's, it's more talked about when there's like a bust, I think, in the NBA, just because of the fact that uh, the hype surrounding some of these guys, the buildup, it, it's more shocking. Whereas again, like Yakupov or something like that is more startling, but it's it's not exactly you could see it happening right like even if like the Bruins were to tank and they got a guy like Ryan Nugent Hopkins who became a everyday NHLer but he's not a guy you built your franchise around right when you look at yeah. where he fits into the scheme of that team so I could see where the Jacobs are coming from in terms of not wanting to just fully blow things up because again you could have a situation like uh like the Blackhawks, even look at like the Red Wings as a team that's on the up and up. Yes. Now they've got like cider who again was a pick that when it happened, people were like, hell are they taking this kid for worked out pretty well, but yes. there's been quite a few rough years leading up to that of miserable, miserable stretches for that 
uh, a franchise that has a proud history, a committed fan base, all that stuff. So I, I can get where they're coming from. Uh, it's just about how you're going to then retool on the fly. Cause you can't, you can't just keep on reloading, right? Bergeron's not going to be here forever. Craigie's not going to be there forever. Uh, it's all about then how you incorporate more draft talent along the way. You, you, you're able to sign guys to affordable deals, all this stuff and kind of keeping that train going because it's, as we said before, they have a, a pretty good core moving forward, right? With McAvoy, Lindholm, Swayman, Hall, Pasternak, all these guys. Like they, they will be in the mix at the very least. Yeah. But you have to start hitting on some draft picks, you know, nailing uh, free agents uh, and winning a few trades just to keep this train kind of going in the years ahead. Or else you're going to eventually hit a point like Chicago, who kept on trying to postpone this. It's like, we're going to get Seth Jones last year, give up all our draft picks. This is going to work. It didn't. The Red Wings. Like, Even a year. That, yeah, the Red Wings during that kind of last stretch where they really should have been selling, kept on signing older veterans. You, your luck runs out eventually. So yes. the Bruins have to be very crafty in order to avoid kind of that dreaded rebuild that no one wants to take part in. And again, I think it's it's concerning when you mention those things, right? Your Detroit, your Chicago's, when you hear the Jacobs then saying, we're going to do everything we can to win a Stanley Cup. Like, that's a great mindset to have. But looking at this roster... I think it is hard to put that as the number one thing. Obviously you want to win a Stanley cup, but this is, this roster is really in need of some kind of a retool. You do need to switch some, switch some things around and enhance the prospect pool a little bit, especially down the middle. I don't know if you can do all that and actively keep trying to win Stanley cups. Um, Because again, it's kind of like a, you know, take the short-term pain for the long-term gain in a sense of, you know, take the hurt. Now, you know, you can, I think you can still retool and be, you know, first round playoff team. I don't think that that is out of the question. Uh, but again, to be a true Stanley Cup contender, especially with teams like the Avalanche and the Lightning and the Hurricanes and all these other really good teams, you're not there yet, you know, at least yet. Uh, and again, we'll get to some free, we'll get to free agency in a second. But again, they just uh, aren't there. Some other interesting stuff uh, from the uh, press conference, Don Sweeney was up there. Uh, and Don Sweeney's mic initially was not working. And this was, and it was, a, it came at a bad time because someone asked him about Krejci and Bergeron. And I'm sitting there like writing down the quote. And then of course the mic breaks. I'm like, Oh, we got to start over again. Um, but both look like they're headed in, in the uh, right direction to them, that in a positive direction, it looks like both guys feels like Krejci's going to be announced like any second uh with him kevin weeks tweeted like right before we came on <laughs> for screen oh, scared. No, no, don't worry yeah it well it's one funny. of these days one it's of these like podcasts, what i did it will happen me you and ty went out ty anderson went out for uh, a bite to eat after the montgomery press conference and i did i did the cardinal sin as we were getting up from the table i did a i did a horrible thing i yeah i said that something happened when it didn't, and I made you guys put your food down and look at your phones to see if it happened. Extremely rude. <laughs> it's very rude. Completely out of line. Yes. Uh, you can no uh, longer sit with us at the lunch table. Evan. It's like the it's like the Joe Buck. Uh, that was a cowardly act. That yes. was a. Uh, but anyways, feels like with the uh, free with the uh, cap space that they have, right, two point three million dollars. Not only will it be difficult to get Krejci and Bergeron under that. Again, you could use LTIR. LTIR, you know, you never know how you use it. You know, you can put guys there to start the season. Obviously, you can put like Martian and McAvoy potentially. Um, but it's also probably going to be tough because free agency is on Wednesday. Doesn't look like they have a lot of space to do a lot of other things either. Yeah, that's pretty much what Sweeney acknowledged of, you know, unless it's a, a trade or anything like that. They're, he, he said they're not going to be as aggressive as they were last year, which like, 
you don't have 20 million in cap space. You're not signing like five or six guys. We knew that. Um, ideally, you'd like the Bruins to be in a position where they have the physical flexibility to maybe obviously bring back Bergeron and Krejci, which, as you said, seems like it's trending in that direction. It'd be kind of surprising if it didn't happen at this point, right? In terms of just all the, like, this past, uh, Sweeney's most recent comments were the most, I think, striking yet of like, yeah, we've talked to them multiple times, Krejci multiple times yeah. about uh, getting him back. So I think it's safe to assume that one, if not both, are back. Um, so we'll see how that uh, con- those contracts play out. But ideally, if you're the Bruins, you'd still like to be in a spot where you have some wiggle room uh, financially to either sign like another middle six winger or uh, a depth defenseman or something like that. Like, I don't think they'd have the the means to sign you know, like obviously Kadri wouldn't make sense now if Krejci's back, but someone like an, an impact, you know, top six guy or like a Josh Manson, like a top four guy or anything like that. I don't think they're in the, they have the means to do that. But even if it's, uh, you know, we, we, I talked about it on my most recent NHL notebook, but like a guy like Mason Marchment, who's would seem to be the perfect breakout candidate, like had a really strong year this past year with Florida, um, guy that was on the third line for Florida wasn't like a Dubaleski situation where it's like, all right, we give him top six minutes, a lot of power play, and he just has a career year for hits free agency. Like Marchment generating generating quite a lot at five on five play, kind of by himself, um, getting inside ice, power forward kind of player. That's a guy that again, it's not gonna break the bank, I don't think, but if you had an extra three, three and a half million sitting around, it'd be great to use it on a guy like that. Right now you're looking at it of all right, they already don't have enough cap space as constituted to get Bergeron and Krejci back. So you got to move a piece at some point, whether that's buying out Felino or if it's trading uh, Riley, something like that, they have to get creative. But again, you'd like to do more than just bring back Bergeron and Krejci. It helps, but like a little bit more, right? Safe bet that you need a little bit more, right? A little bit of a safe bet. We're talking really safe bets. Our good friends over at Bet Online, our partners at Bet Online, continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including next year's NBA futures, NHL futures, early NFL futures as well. Uh, you also got Major League Baseball scores, your Boston Red Sox, not too bad right now. Uh, the latest fighting news as well. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% uh, 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code CLNS50 to get the bonus and get into the action. Again, promo code CLNS50 to get a 50% cash back bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Stats. Where the game starts. Speaking of games starting, not really, but you know, on that route, I guess uh, you mentioned there at the end, you know, needing a little bit more. Um, I even said it was a safe bet that you need a little bit more. And you mentioned Mason Marchment, good piece on him. And um, again, good find. Who was it? You had one a few years ago or maybe a year or two ago. You had Craig Smith uh, had Craig two Smith, years ago. And then I said two years ago. And then last year I said they should have signed Bunting, which would that have would, been yes. very that useful. Was the, that was the one. Yeah. That was the one. So maybe the Bruins are listening to you. That's the thing. That's got to, you know, got to start getting in their ear about this stuff. They got to get a subscription to BSJ. That's what they got to do. Um, my pick, and it's on D, is Jan Ruda. I think that's, a, you know, for, again, a right shot depth defenseman, you know, maybe not every game, but, you know, Connor Clifton is your third pairing right shot defenseman. Again, not bad. It's not a, I wouldn't say it's a point of serious need, 
But after him on the depth chart, you have nothing. Yeah. And I do think, again, like, uh, I don't think, I don't know. I don't really think Josh Brown is coming back. Um, you could get him back probably for very cheap if you really wanted him. But again, I don't know how viable he is as a, you know, vying for an everyday spot in the lineup. I think Jan Ruda, again, has won, a, you know, a, I think two Stanley Cups with Tampa Bay. Uh, was a valuable depth member for them. Like, a guy, you he's a big body. Like, you know, again, Brown's a big body, but not to the level that, you know, I, I think he's a big body, but he's just not quick. You know, not as reliable and not as reliable. I think you can like That's put out word. like you can put out Rita in a pinch, whether it's all right, he's gonna leapfrog Clifton in the lineup, or if it's them battling back and forth, you're not like, all right, well, it's, it's all like Josh Brown's in the lineup. We know what he's gonna be, he's gonna be physical, but you're like, well, we'll see how he does. It's like Ruta, like you kind of know what you're getting, and there's value in that of, of a veteran big body defenseman like that further down the lineup. Exactly. So that's like my pick as a guy who I think the Bruins, and I don't think he's gonna break the bank. Again, I think he's making yeah. $1.3 now. I don't foresee him getting too big of a raise. Uh, yeah. But again, to do all these things, you do need to clear space. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, Sweeney had an interesting quote at the draft. Uh, he was asked if the team needs to uh, add to the roster in the next few weeks. And he said, uh, there are going to be opportunities presented to a couple of guys to play in situations and leverage some minutes. That is really important. We have to add to the depth of the club more overall, create some internal competition. We've definitely heard that uh, quite a bit over the past bunch of years. Uh, unless there's player movement in the next few days, it's not going to be a high-end player coming in as a result of where we are in our cap situation, which he is not wrong. Like, they, they don't have cap space. Um, and that's why I see, keep seeing these Nazem Kadri reports. They're like, oh, the Bruins ran on him. They, they could get him. And it's like, yes, he fits the mold. Like, I, I do think he would fit well. I don't love the years. But you could pay him $4 million, and I don't know how he's fitting in here. And that's the, that's the tough part. So, uh, not to get a cadre, but what do they do? You see them actually doing anything to clear cap space? Because I feel like we would have heard stuff by now. I mean, you would think, right? I mean, who knows what happens? It could be something where they are over the cap limit right now because they don't really have to, you know, get on top of it before you get to training camp, and they got they can use LTIR, even though again, that's kind of a a weak crutch because Martian and McAvoy and Grizzly are coming back, like within. They're not going to rest them for the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and if so, the, that team's uh, going to be a wagging if you don't have to worry about McAvoy and those guys for the whole season, which is not going to be the case. They will be back. So you can't operate with all this extra uh, cap room and then you can kind of get away with it. Um, so you feel like there's got to be a domino that has to fall, whether it's, again, I, I think you need to have it anyway just to get Bergeron and Krejci back. Like we're talking about these hypotheticals of adding to this team, which I think they should do. Um but you need to do something, right? Because here is the fact, like, even if you get Bergeron and Krejci back on $3 million contracts, something like that, $3 million with, like, a lot of bonus overages that you can you can push over into next season, got to clear, you know, got to clear up cap room anyway to do that. But then also, all right, if then it comes down to, well, a guy like Mason Marchman's potentially, you know, a guy you could get is keeping Nick Felino instead of buying him out going to be the, the obstacle that you're not going to try to cross over to get a guy like Marchman, who again, who knows, maybe he's a, a boomer bust uh, UFA target. You don't know whether or not maybe it's just a one great year for him, but you know what? I'd probably have more confidence in going with the guy like Marchman who looked damn good on the third line of a good Florida team last year. than a guy like Nick Felino and hopefully that he breaks out where even if Felino does, let's say he bounces back. Uh, I think a bounce back year for Lino is 10 goals. Like 25 points? Like what, what exactly? Ooh, that, 10 goals would be a lot. 
Yeah. Like, what are you exactly expecting out of him? And is that worth 3.8 million? No, I wouldn't say so. Like I'd rather, uh, you know, buy out that contract than than kind of roll with that gamble of whether or not he's going to bounce back, especially when I think you can utilize that money more effectively, whether it's for Marshman or a depth defenseman or anything like that. Like there's other ways that you can utilize that cast space, not to mention the fact that there's so many guys uh, that weren't qualified today that even there's plenty of other guys that you could probably target for cheap. Like you see like Kubalik and Strom and all these other players that uh, at the very bottom of that pile, there's going to be guys probably signing for, below their market value or what they probably should get, like, you know, one and a half, two million, two and a half. There's probably going to be value out there, and the Bruins are going to be, like, kind of sitting on the sidelines right now unless they look at moving this cap space, which there seems like there's avenues or players that are expendable if the greater, you know, scheme of things is getting more talent to help with this win-now window that they're in. And again, Felino, it's an interesting case because there's not even really a spot in the lineup for him because you look at it right now, and again, you look at the top six is pretty much full right now. Let's pretend, let's say Krejci's back. You got your top six, that you've got your six guys. Look at the third line, right? You have to think. I mean, I know they have a lot of young guys vying for spots. I've mentioned this before where I thought, you know, the, the third line, and this still could happen with the third line is a bunch of young guys. But right now, I mean, that's probably what, Holla Coyle Smith? So that's your third line. And then your fourth line is where you put in the young guys. So like you lose a Tomas Nosek, you, you, you get that money off the books. You trade him for a pick or whatever it might be. Um, and you know, you got, you know, Frederick down there, McLaughlin, Oscar Steen, Jack Stadnika, right? You got all those guys down there and they've said they want internal competition. They want, you know, the younger players to get more of a chance under Montgomery. Felino's not a young guy and Felino's costing you an arm and a leg for what he's giving you. And again, great guy. Like that's the thing. This isn't like personal against like Felino, but you do need to move on. Like that, that is in some ways like dead salary cap space. You need to free that up. So uh, I keep looking at that as one way. No sex, another where you could maybe free up some space. I'm interested in Hala. Hala is one I keep looking at because if you do get Krejci, right? You, if you do go out and get David Krejci, you get your one, two down the middle. Even though Krejci's coming off of you know playing in the check, which you said is you know plumbers. I saw someone on Twitter today say it was playing a bunch of farmers, which like you know interchangeable. Sure, whatever works for you. Uh, but then in some ways, you know, you, you Hala's coming off a really good year. Like his value is high. You look at a lot of guys in that roster, not a lot of people's value is at their highest. His value is high. Yeah. It's a, it's not an expensive deal. And if you really wanted to move him, I am curious what he would get on, uh, you know, in a trade. Because again, if you want to move in those younger guys, if you want your third line to be, you know, Frederick, Coyle, Smith, and you do more young guys on the fourth line, like I do think that opens up options for you. And I think you'd probably deal Halla for picks. Um, and again, I'm not saying that they should, but if they do get crazy, I think they have to consider it. You know, Mike Riley's another one, right? You've got Grizzly, you've got Lindholm, you've got Forbert, you've got Ashan, you've got Zaboral. Like you've got guys on the left side. I know guys can play the right, but he is taking up 3 million in cap space. So um, I do think those are avenues that they can take to free up that space, whether they do that or not. And again, you mentioned it, like they might just wait till, right before the season, you know, they might wait till they enter training camp uh, where they might, that's when they kind of use their, they, they finagle their salary caps. They do their cap gymnastics, so yes. to speak. Um, but who knows? Uh, it doesn't feel like it's going to be a huge free agency day. Uh, do you think that we see a David Pasternak extension anytime soon? Do we think that's going to be the big thing? I think I was saying earlier today, it's like the Bruins, I think in an ideal situation, probably wanted to be like the, 
uh, Michael Corleone at the baptism, like settling all family business of like, you know, noon hits on Wednesday and it's like Bergeron, Krejci and Pasternak all, you know, sign, you know, for Bergeron and Krejci the back and you sign Pasternak to a deal. That'd be an ideal situation. Is it going to happen? I don't think so. I would not be surprised if Bergeron and Krejci are all settled by Wednesday if, you know, based on everything Don Sweeney has kind of mapped out in terms of the dialogue. Um, but we'll see with, with Pasternak. It seems like they've already you know, started laying that groundwork for a new deal. Um, and it could be something where you wait till training camp. But I think from the Bruins perspective, they at least want to get that dialogue started, which they already have. And it's about hopefully bridging that gap sooner rather than later. Cause I think we talked about this in the last podcast, the last thing you want to do if you're the Bruins and you're probably going to be treading water out of the gate in October, November is having this team be like 10 and 17 and Pasternak's a pending free agent, and everyone be like, Did they just trade him at the deadline? Like, is it worth it? The rooms don't want to have that narrative. So we'll see what happens, but I would not be surprised if those negotiations, if they're not struck by this week when everything seems to get done, if it carries over into August and hopefully around the start of training camp, try to get him to sign on the dotted line there. It's interesting. If Krejci comes back, I'm curious. Remember how they had that, like, three-page long graphic of, like, his thank you to Boston? I wonder if, like, he'll do something different, you know, something more short and concise for his return. You know, will they just, so let's just say like, it's going to be, back. it's going to be, it's going to be the Michael Jordan. It's going to be the, I'm back. <laughs> David Krejci standing there with that. I, hey, you know what? That'd be smart on their part. That would do mm-hmm. well. Um, again, you know, and I think the other thing is, and one thing that, you know, mentioned before we head out, um, you know, again, I, I think running it back again and again with Bergeron and Krejci is not the best option in general. It's the best option though, for their cap situation. And for their prospect pool, that's the thing, right? Because again, you know, are Bergeron, you know, is Bergeron Kadri better down the middle? Yes, of course it is, right? Like, obviously. But is it better than, you know, is is seven years of Nazem Kadri better than one year Krejci with the money that Kadri is going to be making? No, it isn't. You know, you're going to be cap constrained later on. That's another deal that you're going to want to have to get off the books or might not be worth it. So this, again, avoids that. They'll find a way to sign someone else to a terrible contract. <laughs> Don't you worry. Um, but again, I think that, you know, for what, for what they have, for the options that are in front of them, Bergeron and Krejci down the middle, not the worst thing in the world. They're worse things. Hey, imagine neither came back. Then could be worse. Competing for a cup would be very fun in that environment. Because by the way, even if they don't come back, like let's say both of them didn't come back. It's not like a, a bunch of cap space opens up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're in the same the- situation. The Coil Halla top six. Ooh, that would be spicy. That would be uh, content gold right there. Uh, anyways, Connor, what can the people look forward to from you uh, over at BSJ? Yeah, we're going to be very busy over at BSJ this week between development camp, uh, you know, stories on all these up and coming prospects. We have plenty of stuff from Jim Montgomery's presser, uh, all the stuff we covered today on the podcast. And again, free agency, whether it's the futures of Bergeron and Krejci, whether it's them moving out contracts to free up cap space, there's a lot of dominoes that are going to fall this week, and we'll have you covered every step of the way over at BSJ. So please subscribe at bostonsportschannel.com. Want to follow me on Twitter? You can do that at Connor Ryan underscore 93. Go do all that. Make sure to subscribe to Bruins Rinkside on YouTube. I'm Evan Marinovsky. You Bruins Beat listeners have a great rest of your week. Yeah.